we've got this whole group of people that think that, you know, uh, that somehow that this baptism in the Holy Spirit as described in Acts chapter two is somehow another spirit. Right. It's the same spirit. Same. The same one that saved you is the same one that baptizes you. It's good. The same one that saved you is the same one that fills you. Right. With, with his power. We believe that there is always more to God's word and that if we dig a little deeper, we will find truth that will take us on a journey of amazing life change, a life of deeper hope, deeper truth, and deeper grace. Let's jump right in. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Deeper Grace podcast. My name is Graham. I get the honor of hosting this fun podcast, and I'm joined with none other than P-Dub himself. Pastor Wayne, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. How you doing, Graham? I'm doing good. I'm refreshed. Yeah? Yeah, I went on vacation, did not get a sunburn. Praise God for yeah. that. It's pre- and my data on my little fitness tracker tells me I'm refreshed, too, so... Your data. Yeah. Not your dad. My data. Yeah. D A T A. Yeah. My data. I was going to say, what does your dad know about you from Alabama to here? He don't know nothing. Well, <laughs> he he don't knows know. a lot. He does, actually. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I've learned that as I've gotten older. Your parents mm-hmm. actually know what they were talking about. Yeah. As a parent, I appreciate that. They do. Yeah. I tell you one thing, uh, as I've gotten older, I've learned about vacation. That's a God idea. Oh, man. Yeah. Very much. A pastor that I know, who shall remain nameless, but is in the office next to me, <laughs> told me years ago, he goes, you know what? You go on vacation, you come back, and you like everybody again. <laughs> That's great revelation right there. That's so real. So if you don't like people, go on vacation. It'll Vacation's good, man. Yeah. It just refreshes you. You know, Even with three kids, I felt good. Good. Which we planned to have a day. We came back, and we had taken that day off after the travel we mm-hmm. learned a long time ago you can't travel and then go right back into it you need a day to decompress yeah from the travel a buffer day especially because we're so far away from the vacationing area now right because you have to drive from indiana to gulf hours. shores that's 11 hours yeah yeah that was a good time we, we split it though on the way down not on the way back up as far as driving yeah huh yeah we took a night stayed when we got in the oh, top of yeah. alabama and then oh, made the yeah. rest of the trip uh when i was younger <laughs> i would just go 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 now that I'm old, now I'm not younger. Yeah, yeah I was like, to say, don't say hey, you're, not old. you're not old. Let's take a let's take a break. Let's yeah. stop at a hotel. Why not? We don't rush things, right? Yeah, make make it a memory. Except for the one time I stopped at the Chattanooga Choo Choo in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and let's just say there's a lot more roaches than there were guests. In is that, that room. a is that a restaurant? No, it's a hotel. It's oh. a famous hotel, the Chattanooga Choo Choo. Yeah, I think Ooh. it's a Holiday Inn. It was horrible. My biggest that fear was with hotels. Thirty years ago, by the way. Is it still open? Who knows. My biggest fear with hotels are bed bugs. Hmm. Yeah. So we've had do bed you feel bugs before. Crawling on you right now? Mm-hmm. Are you scratching don't, your head? Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> we've had them one other time from an apartment we lived in, and it was the worst nightmare of my life. Anyway, mm. we're going to talk about Jesus at some point, guys. So thank you so much for joining us. We're back. We're back. We had a hiatus. It was my vacation's fault and my lack of planning for that. You know how it is. You just get so, you start thinking about the palm trees before you even see them. But we had to bring this one to you because it was so good. Uh, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Sure. You know, uh, one of the things, and I, I don't know if we struggle with it here, but there's this this struggle with the Holy Spirit. Who he is, what is he supposed to do, like, you know, and, and, and all the things that comes with the Holy Spirit, right? I think you did an incredible job talking about how if you have a relationship with Jesus— 
you will have a relationship with the Holy Spirit because he's going to introduce you to this person, right? Right. And so we'll dive into that. But before we do that, give me a quick summary. So uh, 40 Days with Jesus. This was, I think, uh, the last message in the series because chronologically we're in John 20. Uh, at, was it 21? 20. John 20. Uh, so Jesus is resurrected. On that night, the night of the resurrection, he appears to his disciples, and then he's he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And so we just took some time to explain that that was their moment of salvation mm. because Jesus had paid the price of sin. And the very first thing he does is he breathes on them to receive the Holy Spirit, which is a picture of salvation. Right. And I used a pile of dirt in this message, if you didn't see it. You know, and and challenged and ask anybody, hey, who can come up here and make this dirt come to life? Well, no one can do that. Right. God did it in Genesis yep. when he created Adam uh, out of the dirt, out of the dust. And then the Bible says he formed him, which means God is an artist. That's a great other conversation. But then he breathed on him the breath of life. And that word is Ruach, right. which is not the word for spirit, but it's the word breath. It's right. literally, and that's how it's translated. And so the idea is on that night, what happened for Adam physically and spiritually happened to the disciples spiritually. Their spirit man was resurrected. Right. He breathed on them because their spirit man was dead because of sin, because everyone that's born is born in sin. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But on that moment, the spirit gave them life. Right. The Ruach, the Pneuma, that's another name for the Holy Spirit. That's the Greek word to describe the Holy Spirit. Ruach is the uh, Hebrew word to describe Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, but it's the same person, right? Holy Spirit. That's good. A couple of things stick out to me that I want to ask you. So this is gonna be questions because I got questions. I have I wrote all in my Bible because I have questions. Number one, they followed Jesus before this moment, right? So trying their hardest <laughs> to follow the teachings and the ways of Jesus. And does that allude in in your mind uh, to the idea that people can start their journey? before making the decision. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, because they they hung out with Jesus for three years. Right. And clearly Jesus had a major impact on their life. Right. And they had changed. Uh, and yet at the same time, the dispensation of history changed the moment that Jesus died uh, for sin. And on the cross, he said, it is finished. Mm. What was finished? The price for sin was paid. That's good. So they couldn't be saved as we know it before that happened. Right. And so they had to be saved after. Some people might think that's a technicality, but right. I think I think the idea here is Jesus was Jesus did everything on purpose. Right. And in this moment when he said on resurrection night, he breathed on them, received the Holy Spirit. That was their moment. The price for sin had been paid. Uh, they continued to follow him. He breathed on them and their spirit man became that was dead. It's good became alive. It's good. Which is exactly what happens to anybody who surrenders their heart and life to Jesus. Right. 2000 years later, we, the old has gone, the Bible says, and the new has come. Who did that? The Holy Spirit does that. Just like he, he breathed the breath of life into Adam, just like Ezekiel chapter 38, the Valley of Dry Bones, the Spirit breathed on them and they became alive. Mm. That's what happened to the disciples that night. They, they were physically alive, obviously, but right. because of the curse of sin, they were dead. The Spirit resurrected them, and now they are alive in Jesus Christ. That's good. That's super good, and that's got to be encouraging because, you know, there's probably some people listening who have people in their life who they've been praying for, right. believing God for, talking to, you know, witnessing to, whatever it might be, 
and maybe they haven't made the decision yet, but it doesn't mean the impact isn't happening on right. the, in the process, right? right? Like tilling the soil, preparing the soil to right. be. Right, and be I think, good. and I think the other challenge in this concept is, in our Western twenty first century mindset, we pray the sinner's prayer, and and we have made that a sign of salvation, but you did get a little bit of history and you realize that, you know, the sinner's prayer and the modern day altar call only about 150 years old. Right. You know, the, the revivalist of the uh, 17th and 18th century, they're the ones that began to really popularize that. We make it more Western than it is. It's, it's actually more mystical than it, than it is because at some point the spirit has to breathe on you Hmm. in order for you to be resurrected. Right. Which, Oh, by the way, is a miracle. <laughs> Salvation is a miracle. Yeah. The Holy Spirit breathed on me and I was dead and became alive. Yes. That's a big deal. When does that moment happen? I don't know. Right. It begins as you decide to follow Jesus. Yes. You know, but the reality is that's what happens when I follow Jesus. It's good. You know, and uh, there's probably all kinds of details you could jump into here about that. But we're essentially saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that upon salvation, right? Upon that salvation process, the word itself, what is happening is the you're receiving his Holy Spirit to br- that brings you back to life. Correct. That's good. Right. That's super encouraging. And that and that again to me helps clear up the misconceptions that people have about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. Uh, because fifty days later, Acts chapter two says there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind. Right. Well, Jesus breathed on them the yeah. breath of life. They received the Holy Spirit. Here comes the wind of the Holy Spirit. It's the same Spirit. Right. It's the same. It's, it's the same, the same word, God. You know. And I think in our, again, this is more of a Western type of thing. I've right. learned that Eastern cultures don't tend to struggle with these concepts as much as us Americans do. But uh, we think, well, if if uh, that there's these two different two different things. There's salvation, and then there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit, and somehow that I can have one, uh, you know, without but, the other. But the other's optional, right? It's the same Spirit, right? It's the same. It's the same God, yeah. And uh, one God wants us to be saved, and He wants us to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, right. absolutely for service to be a witness. But we've got this whole group of people that think that, you know, uh, that somehow that this. Baptism in the Holy Spirit, as described in Acts chapter 2, is somehow another spirit. Right. It's the same spirit. Same. The same one that saved you is the same one that baptizes you. It's good. The same one that saved you is the same one that fills you. Right. With, with his power. It's good. And that's good clarity, too. And I thought that was in the in the message I was listening to. I remember writing on the notes, clarity. Good. Because I feel like that's the biggest... And that might be, you said yourself, people were saying that that was a big deal, the breathing on them and receiving the Holy Spirit was here, not there in Acts 2. I feel like that's a that was a clarity moment for a lot of us. I got, I received more, I got, I sound like I'm from Indiana. <laughs> I received more feedback about that concept than anything else on this message is that uh, on the night of the resurrection, when Jesus breathed on them, that that was their moment of salvation. I'm talking about people who've gone to church their whole life and didn't know that or right. didn't hear that before. And of course, that's our fault for not being more clear right. as far as teaching what, what the Bible says. Right. And as you and I were talking right before we started recording, this same moment is recorded in two other Gospels. Yeah. So it's not like 
Well, only John mentioned this. This is also in the Bible. Two other. And there is a a, a, a principle of interpretation when it comes to Bible study. Right. Uh, it's called Scripture interprets Scripture. The Bible interprets itself. So how do we come to understand what this means? When Jesus breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit? Well, Genesis 2, mm-hmm. God breathed on Adam, breathed on the breath of life. Ezekiel 38, uh, Ezekiel prophesied to the dry bones and they became alive. And here we have the same same thing. right? And so that helps us understand that what happened at that moment was a death to life moment. Right. In John 20. Right. What happened in Acts chapter 2 was an empowering anointing moment. Right. Two different things. Same spirit. Same spirit. Right. And I think that was good. And and one of the things that got brought up to me, and I wanted to ask you, this was the second thing um, in that in that regard, right, is a lot of the times we, especially in churches that are, um, how's the word, like we embrace the Holy Spirit, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. you know, some churches don't, but we do. Well, you think about that, that well, verbiage. Actually, if you don't do, embrace the Holy Spirit, you're not saved. You don't. You can't get saved. <laughs> That's right. Never the mind Holy it. Spirit is the one who saves you. They don't. They think it's two. Di- it goes That's back to what, what you I'm said. Saying. They think it's two different ones. They think it's two different things. And so there's a struggle because we say it all the time here that you know purpose, you know the peace that you need, all of that stuff comes by way of the Holy Spirit. Because if you think about it, He is the active member of the Trinity in the earth today. Right? Jesus is. Our Jesus at the right hand of the Father, the Father's on the throne, right? He's on the earth, living active, doing his thing. So, uh, you know, obviously when you start thinking like that, they have to engage in the Holy Spirit because if they don't, what are we engaging in, right? Uh, but the question that was brought up to me, or, or not the question rather, but the, the idea, and I thought it was good, I wrote it down in here because it was, it was super good, and it wasn't mine, it was somebody else's, was that he comes in, Jesus shows up, and he tells him a couple times, uh, he says, peace be with you. And he says, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And then after he said that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And one of, it was one of my leaders. They said, I thought peace and purpose was an Acts 2 type thing. But it looks to me like the Holy Spirit, when you get saved, one of the things that you can bank on is an inner peace and now a drive for purpose. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was super good. That is good. And I, I know, right? Leaders who read the Bible. Can you imagine? It's so good. Not even a pastor. Not a pastor. A layperson. Oh, I wrote it down because I just thought it was so good. Um, so let's let's talk about that for a minute. So, because that's a struggle, right? We have people who struggle in life because they struggle with the Acts 2 event mm-hmm. of, with the Holy Spirit. And the conversation I had was not that you don't have it because the question was, well, there's some, sometimes I don't feel like I have any direction. But this says I should. Sometimes I don't feel like I have peace, but this says I should. Would you say that it's a access thing? They're not accessing it? Um, I think the key to understanding the relationship with the Holy Spirit is the word relationship. That's good. When I get saved, I'm beginning a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so uh, at the beginning of every relationship, I'm just getting to know him. I'm learning to hear his voice. I'm learning to cooperate with him as he guides and directs and convicts and counsels and comforts. And so as I grow in my relationship with the Holy Spirit, there's going to be more purpose. There's going to be more direction. There's going to be. But again, that doesn't happen by accident. If I'm the one that cultivates a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit. And and I think that's why uh, so often people who are baptized in the Holy Spirit 
are the people who seek a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit. They're pursuing him. They're hungry right. for more of the Holy Spirit. They want a deeper relationship. Well, guess what? That's that's how that happens when I'm baptizing the Holy Spirit. What were the mm. what were the people doing on the day of Pentecost? The Bible says they were fasting and praying for 10 days. That's a pretty strong passionate Holy, yeah. pursuit of God. And then they were filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking of you know, the tongues, signs and wonders began to happen in their lives. And so, uh, again, I, I think part of our mistake is we've, we've made the ho- baptism of the Holy Spirit and it. Yes. And a thing. Right. Versus a person. Hmm. That's the key. We even used to sing a song in church. Send it on down. Lord, let the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not an it. Hmm. He's a person. He's our friend. He's God. And, and, and to me, if, if we can grasp that, that changes everything. Right. It's a person. All, all of a sudden, we recognize Holy Spirit's not weird. People are weird. <laughs> Churches are weird, but the Holy Spirit's not weird. No, he's not. He's no. intentional. Right. And, so, and then people get hung up on the word Pentecostal. Right. Because they think Pentecostal is a style of worship. Right. Or Pentecostal is, I don't wear makeup. And I <laughs> or, handle snakes. Or, or stuff like that. Yeah, crazy stuff. That has nothing to do with being Pentecostal right. from a biblical perspective. Right. Uh, I love the way one person summarized it for me. They said Pentecostals believe that if it happened in the Bible, it can happen now. Yeah. That's that's all it is. Right. And so there's probably a lot more Pentecosts out there, Pentecostals out there than what they would let on. Way more. But the, but, but the label has all of these oh, yeah. connotations to it. I know some Baptists who are Pentecostals. Oh, if they I grew up were in a Baptist church that, that was more spirit-filled than anyone I've ever been to in my life. That's incredible. Yeah, and I went to the Brownsville Revival. Hmm. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Right. In a gro- in a good way. Right. So, yeah. That's good. I love what you said, though, about the, the relationship aspect, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like a, a switch for me, right? Because if I say it... There's a lack of understanding almost, but even if I still don't get it, just the switch from it to to a person to he. In my head, I'm going. I can see where that would immediately cause my mind to see him differently, and to look through a different lens. If that makes sense. So if you're listening and you would say I struggle with that concept of the Holy Spirit, just switch the verbiage in your head. Make it a he, because I mean, just in my head right now, I'm going. He makes more sense because then he, you start looking at why he is doing what he's doing or why he did what he did. And I feel like it just brings more power to it. Because when you can see that, it's like people, if I can see the person in the, in the, in the, in the action that took place, Mm -hmm. you get a whole new perspective on what's going on. Think about every time Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit in the book of John, our study was in the book of John. He referred to the Holy Spirit as him or he. Yep. Yep. Never referred to the Holy Spirit as it or that. It's a person. Right. Because it's a personal relationship. It's good. Jesus came. The Bible says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus didn't come as a thing or a statue or a religious system. He came as a person. Right. God came as a person. Why did that happen? Because God didn't want a bunch of robots. He wanted friends. He wanted a relationship. We are a family. The Holy Spirit is the same. The Holy Spirit is God. He's a person. And if I can just cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to tell you, you don't have to worry about a bunch of other stuff because it just is. Right. Right. That's good. I have a relate. 
let me let me pause for a second and get on a soapbox do Cause, it because as pentecostals we we measure being pentecostal because i spoke in tongues one time right how in the world is that a gauge of whether or not i'm spirit filled preach now we know that in acts chapter two they were all filled with the holy spirit and the pattern in the book of acts when they're filled with the holy spirit they speak in tongues that is the initial physical evidence absolutely we believe that we preach that however i think because of the culture we've created I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit because one time I spoke in tongues. That's the beginning of the relationship. Right. It's not the end. Right. It's like one time I spoke to my wife 20 years ago, and, and so I'm married. Seriously, how's that relationship working out for you? That is crazy. But that's how us Pentecostals are a lot of times. Hey, I, I'm, I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. I checked the box. I spoke in tongues. We are so missing yeah. the fact this is a relationship of staying filled with the Spirit, walking with the Spirit, listening to the Spirit, That's growing good. in the power of the Spirit. And let's be honest, there's a lot more, there's a lot of people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. They don't carry the label of Pentecostal or charismatic. They just are because they have a deep relationship with the Holy Ghost. Again, because they believe if it happened in the Bible, it can happen now. Well, because they believe it's, it's a relationship, yeah. not a thing. Right. Just a one time experience. And there's such a fluidity in that. I mean, think about you're you know, you're married and you have kids. Think about the fluidity of your relationships, how they've changed over the years. And right. Like the person hasn't changed. The relationship's still between the two. But things the relationship bobs and weaves as life happens, as things happen, you know, and it allows fluidity and it allows growth and it allows things where it doesn't that doesn't allow. That's good. Well, there are Man. times that I feel closer to people in my family and there are times that I don't feel as close right almost every time it's because of me how much time am I intentionally spending right in cultivating and developing the Holy Spirit if the Holy Spirit is a person and he is and Jesus called him a he and a him right so he's a person guess what he's waiting for us to initiate and develop talk to him pray to him right intentionally listen to him I've heard it said that the Holy Spirit's a gentleman He's just waiting. He's got all the things for you. He's well, just Well, the waiting. Holy Spirit is God. Yeah. You know, he's he's, he's just forceful. as much God as Jesus right. and the Father. And so, uh, but. Right. Yeah, I think you're right. He's not going to force you to do anything, but he will wait for you to do it. Well, just access. like God won't force you to be saved. You right. have to choose. Yeah. We have to choose to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's, And I think that's what you're saying is right. What you just said is, I think, a great way to end it is. Holy Spirit is God. Correct. So all the characteristics, all the attributes, all the things that we see God have exist in Him mm -hmm. and vice versa. That's right. good. So review. Make sure I'm clear. We're clear. We got to know, right? Clarity is key. The breath of God, the breath of Jesus uh, in that moment was the breathing of the Holy Spirit and the coming alive of their salvation moment, basically, right? Right. So in salvation, the whole, you can't have salvation without the holy spirit that's correct that's a big deal right that's a if that's the bit that's the biggest one on here for me i think that wrecks some people's lives personally uh and then second was the um when you when you are saved it is a relationship with the holy spirit that is beginning and that we have to put it work in relationships just mm -hmm. like every other relationship right and i think that's where a lot of people miss is the the one moment happened whether it was the baptism part or the sa saved part and we just don't we don't move from there right that's good guys that blessed me i hope it blessed you guys uh again if you are loving this podcast 
shout us out on social media. Make sure you like it, subscribe to it, share it with your friends. We would love uh, to to be in their lives as much as we are yours. If you have any feedback or anything that you'd want to add to these episodes or any questions you might ask, you can send us a message on the church Instagram or uh, info.graceassembly.org. There's a way to contact us there. Uh, But we'd love to hear from you. Uh, But anyway, till next week, we're starting a new series coming up here. Um, And I'm super excited about it. And we'll have some more content coming to you. But until then, I hope you have an amazing week. And we'll see you next time on the Deeper Grace podcast.